Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 244 of Cyclocross Radio. On this episode, we are talking about the Tabor World Cup. We're talking about really rad that took place up in Falmouth, Massachusetts, and a whole lot of other racing that we we may or may not get to. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you right off the bat that I had other things going on in non-cycling life that took me away from a lot of the racing over the past week. But uh, it, it, I have two of the best co-hosts anyone could ask for in Michael and Zach, and they more than covered for me during this episode, despite every effort I tried to uh, um, give to to derail the the proceedings but we'll, we'll get there in a second uh, but before we do start I, I, I do want to um, I, hopefully you all saw the news and it is is sad news at that but I did want to take a second just to send condolences to Anne and the family of Mark Savory uh, on his passing uh i i got to know mark uh through cyclocross through his passion of the sport just through his passion of life and uh how much he cared about the people in the cycling community and uh he will be missed he 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 was a good man he was a a great bike racer a, a masters world champion uh we did a couple road trips together i got to i got to know the guy and it is it is a true loss so again we 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 will remember mark savory but truly truly one of the good people in our community who who is gone Cyclocross Radio is brought to you by Hammerhead and and the Karoo 2. And been able to play around with this computer a little more, get out there on the rides, trying to get back into shape. And uh, this is a this is a great unit. You know, it, it is the stuff that we've talked about in the past, but also just to give its accolades out there in the media world. It's uh, won Bicycling Magazine's Editor's Choice in GPS Cycling Computers for the past two years, Best Tech Winner in uh, Bicycling's 2021 Gear of the Year Awards. And for a limited time, Hammerhead has an incredible deal. You can buy a Karoo 2 at hammerhead.io slash trade up that's t-r-a-d-e-u-p so a little different from what we've been telling you in the past hammerhead.io slash trade up and you get up to a hundred and seventy dollars when you trade in your cycling computer that's a pretty cool deal so you can take your old cycling computer you go to hammerhead.io slash trade up and you'll get up to $170 on that old computer towards your new Crew 2. So that's a rebate of up to $170 when you trade up to a Crew 2 from Hammerhead and trade in your current cycling computer, but it's only for a limited time. Offer won't last long, and it's only available at hammerhead.io slash trade up. So don't wait to trade in and trade up to a crew to today and get up to $170 off your purchase. 
That's hammerhead.io slash trade up to get your trade started today. All right, we got a ton to talk about. Let's get right into it. It's Tabor. It's really rad. We got Michael and Zach. It's Cyclocross Radio episode 244, and we're doing that right now. We are back in the media pit. It's we we are like in the belly of the beast right now. So much to talk about. I'm I'm not even sure at this point where we're going to start. I'm going to learn along with you all. But before we even get to that, Michael, how's it going? Bill, it's it's good that you don't know much about the uh, the races this weekend because I'm really excited to bore down into the details with y'all. Zach, that's pretty good. <laughs> I liked it. I mean, I I, I like the I like you went the opposite direction. You know that it was not not boring because we would hate to bore our listeners, but instead uh, we'll be. We'll be uh, leaving them wanting more. <laughs> Hang on. You know what? I just got back from Home Depot. I'm going to have a canvas here. I'm going to live paint the podcast as we go. So all, all I can do is kneel down to your brilliance. <laughs> I do want to say that I checked uh, the podcast last year to make sure I didn't make the Tabor pun before. So wow! Wow! Did you did you check it to make the check uh, pun too? Yeah, that's good. Okay, that's good. good. All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, we're getting into t- tough territory. That what year three of the the media pit, and I think the first year we kind of started halfway through. So you've got to like you know for longtime listeners, you got to be coming up with that new material, especially for those ones because you're kind of hitting your mid-season form that when you have the good ones, I'm sure folks remember them. So you kind of have to like, I like it. I like that you're, you're going back and keeping it fresh. That's what we aim for here. Zach, you in your preview said, you know, you, you, you taboring it. So I didn't want to use that again. And I tweeted that. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta keep it fresh. I can't like, I think I used the pun. I used worst two times two years ago and I got slammed. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really a shame. One of the really, and we'll get to this because I think we, uh, one of our uh, Twitter, uh, tw- one of the Twitterati asked the post the question, is worse back? And, you know, part of the answer to that might be not yet because she hasn't won a race. And so uh, basically every publication hasn't been able to do the worst is best, you know, pun because it seems like that's the headline of the race report every time she wins. So maybe, you know what? You know what? Michael, here, here's what. We will know worst is back when there's a worst is best headline for a race report. How's that sound? Can we make that? Is that fair? Yeah. So, Zach, you know what? Sometimes the bulletin does these. um, You guys do the uh, bike checks and stuff. What I want you to do uh, is to do a gear check on Anne-Marie Worst's shoulder pad. Can we get that? Can the bulletin subscribers get that? I would love to understand how it works. Is it sewed in? Is it below? Is it a shoulder like a shoulder pad at an 80s sport coat? Like tell I want to know. 
Like, so is it? Do you just... want to know if it's like actually manufactured into the kit, or if it's yeah. something that's underneath? That's interesting. Or I like. That. Or is it sewn on top? Is it more like just a security blanket? Like it's like you feel better with it on, but it's not going to actually protect her shoulder. I, I the inquiring Bolton subscribers want to know. You know, it's it's funny you mention this because we do have our intrepid official Euro correspondent of the Bolton, Ethan Glading. He's going to be at Coke Sida. Uh, I, I believe that he'll be at Besançon uh, the following week. So I think that uh, we've got a, an assignment. And so, I mean, really cool assignment I think that he's going to try to do too is we have a uh, large Mexican contingent racing uh, cyclocross races at the World Cups, and so he's going to try to catch up with them too. So hopefully, we'll be getting that story as well. So we're going to be keeping our Euro correspondent busy, you know, doing the important stuff like highlighting the uh, our friends from south of the border, as well as uh, gear check on equipment that uh, is being worn on the shoulder. I would love to see, you know, Bill, like you're an NBA fan. Uh, you know, we've heard, uh, and we'll kind of get to this, I think, in one of the races we're going to talk about is, you know, how argy-bargy European racing is. I would love to see riders in these cold winter months just throw, throw on some pads. Uh, who is it, like Jay Crowder? I mean, he's a big pad guy. Like, just start padding it up and really embrace uh, kind of that rubbing his racing that happens uh, in the, the beginning of these races. What, what, I wanna, what I would love to see implemented is the one leg warmer. I want the NBA style, <laughs> like the sleeve, warmer. like yeah, the sleeve. like the sleeve. Exactly. You can do it. It can be one arm warm. But I figure they're all wearing long sleeves anyway, so that's not gonna, you know, that's not gonna happen. But yeah, just one leg warmer. That's that's what I want. Then we'll know we have a true baller. I love it. What it? <laughs> I what love if, it. What if you? What if you're those pads? You're wearing those pads in the first lap, and then you go through the pit, and you like you ditch them as well. Whatever, you know, like skating pads, like the ones that you like back yeah. when during the uh, Michael, you're my age during the like one summer that we all played uh, street oh, hockey yeah. and bought yep. rollerblades. I think it was 1994 was the year. Uh, and you got like the shoulder pads or the elbow pads and the yep. knee pads. You could totally ditch I went those. mountain biking this summer and my buddy brought out all these pads and I was really confused and he had a full face helmet on and I was like, where are you taking me? And it was to the top of a mountain. And I was just in my kit, and so I understood pads. But yeah, you could just like you know, Henri could be wearing like a full face helmet and like a chest protector for that first section, and then and then ditch him in the pit. The question is, do you have to get off the bike, or can you just ride through and throw them? Didn't we say that we have a lot of cyclocross to discuss? I feel like now that we've gotten a uh, gear corner out of the, I mean, I, I love this, but like we've got, we've, we discussed this. We've got a lot of cyclocross, like we're in the thick of it. Uh, and we thought that, you know, we had World Cup to bore, two great races, I think a lot to digest. We had even more Euro races. We had the Atheist Cross on Saturday. We had the Remembrance Day race at uh, Neil on Thursday, but we figured that we would uh, keep it rad. Uh, and start closer to home. We had the 
It's the second half, kind of a shortened uh, New England cyclocross series, four races. We had Northampton last weekend, and then we had um, the really rad festival of cyclocross this weekend. And I had realized, (laughs) I've actually been to Foulmouth. I went to this conference there that I just tried to forget that I went to because it was really boring. Um, But there's a really neat uh, oceanic, oceanograph, oceanograph, whatever, the Woods Hole Oceanic Institute for Oceanography uh, is there. It's like a world-renowned place. And I went there when I was in grad school, but it was this really, really boring conference where we listened to PowerPoints the whole time. So I didn't really get to experience Foulmouth. But I was talking to uh, Caroline Mani about the venue. And guys, I guess I felt like this, that, you know, what did you know about the venue before this race? I feel like it's so new. We hadn't seen much. What did you know about it? It was rad. I knew it. It was in Cape Cod. That's that's about the extent. I, and it's something that I know that Adam Sykes does a great job putting on a race. He's you know in the race production services business. So you know I'm I know it's all like everything's done to the nines out there. It's actually one of the races that I hope to get up soon enough. But other than that, yeah, not not a lot. I don't know a lot about it. Yeah, so it seems like, uh, you know, I did the uh, really the kind of hard hitting journalism that you expect from the bulletin of watching a Cat 4 5 race video that was on <laughs> YouTube. Uh, and I was like, oh, it seems kind of flat. And, you know, uh, Adam Meyerson chimed in and he said that it, you know, is actually a pretty technical course. It's got some sand sections, it's got these punchy off cambers. Uh, and I talked to Caroline Mani and she pretty glowing review. She said that it, she felt like it had a lot of potential and she thought that it raced really well and she would like to see, you know, per- perhaps at a better calendar date, like that it has potential. And she also mentioned, of course, that you could go to like the ocean, <laughs> uh, which is a little bit better than some of the other uh, venues that we race cyclocross as. So I thought that was all all kind of interesting. I appreciated Adam, you know, kind of chiming in and giving the, the down low because I don't know that watching a, a GoPro video is necessarily uh, the best is going to give the best indication of what a venue especially is like. for elevation we know we know every every criticism of every course preview you do oh it really looks flat and boring you're like yes yep well <laughs> that's that's what gopro does that's what a wide angle does flattens it all out so i guess like you know last week we had ruby west came in she was the ringer and she mixed things up and she won both days and curtis white won both days uh, but I kind of, you know, on paper, looking at it, I, you had a couple of riders that were certainly going to give them a run for their money. You had uh, Carolyn Money was racing uh, for Pactimo Fierce. And uh, have you guys have you guys noticed that she has a lot of kits? Yes. Uh, I asked her, I think she said she has a total of seven uh, so far this year. So I think we got like the leopard one and then some weird, one of her Pactmo fears, but with a bunch of colors, it was like her, like grateful dead. Uh, that was, that was, that was, hippie that was kit. her pride kit. That was yeah. okay. And then the, the different okay. color, the white lion, the black lion. Yeah. Definitely, definitely keep it interesting. <laughs> it's, it's one thing. It's one good way to know, you know, if you, if, if it, if we are at these nondescript courses, we can go, oh, well, let's, you know, we'll be able to go now back to year and go, oh, this was this year and this venue because Caroline's wearing that kit. And then we can just catalog everything from there. That can be like the indicator for knowing when a race was and where it's at. She can be definitely creates 
creates issues though for uh, you know publications and their uh, file photos that don't use the uh, hard hitting journalistic uh, method that we use of cute puppies, which. I, I have to say, I, Michael, what do you, I, I think this is a great idea. We we criticize publications that use like 17-year-old uh, file photos. What do you think of this? Do you think Bill's onto something here? I mean, I, I like the fact that it becomes, you know, reader submitted. You know, you can submit your dog. Also, Bill is Bill is working in um, other, you know, there, was there a shark for Really Rad and various well, it's, other... It's, it's, it's near where Jaws was filmed, so you know needed a needed a Bruce photo, and then also I I, I learned about uh, Czech uh, wolf dogs, which was really interesting. So I was able to to pull that one out. Uh, this has been an education for me in 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 finding new dogs. Yeah, you've really. I have to say, you've done an excellent job. <laughs> I feel like I need to up my game. I mean, I'm just like posting lighthouses and pictures of Skyline Chili and other such things. So it's I, I like that we're getting to learn new breeds. Bill's just excited, excited to show off his new um, masking skills that he learned in Lightroom. Yeah, no, photo the new masking skills in Photoshop give make make it um yeah uh, real easy to look professional in your in your graphic design. I'll have to show you. That's what I'll have to show you, Zach. Uh, but um, I, I, I think that, again, Zach, again, as we have all of this uh, cyclocross to talk about, we are, we, are, we are straying from the path. So where do we want to start? Should we start, should we start with that women's race? So, hey, can I just – I am going to stray from the path right now because I was going to say let's do day one. And can I tell you just – I don't want to get into this too too much, but the thank you very much for everybody for the feedback on the three things that I had that you're gonna hate, and there definitely was was some hate in there, which is cool, you know. And I'm I I listened to it, and I, I I'm all for revising some of these ideas. One of the things that I think I am so into right now, and I think that I know you, Zach, I'm I think you as well, Michael w- would agree with. We're talking about day one and day two of an event again that, man, it would be so much better just to be like, hey, let's talk about the UCI race at Really Rad. And then we could just talk about it and it'd be like one big event that we're talking about that UCI race at Really Rad instead of what happened on day one of Really Rad or day two of Really Rad. Yeah. So I like that one. If you hated it, that's one that I I am sticking with that I am a fan (laughs) of just one UCI race per weekend. Spoiler, though. Kind of like I think I made the point that I'm okay with it as long as both ri- days are won by the same rider. And spoiler alert, we had the same thing happen for the second weekend. So I guess I guess uh, yeah. So I guess for the New England, the New England series is safe since they had just two riders for each weekend. So it was okay. Yes, and then the riders who won the overall series didn't win either of any of the four races this weekend. So anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, should we just do a quick results rundown? Cause I mean, this one kind of flew under the radar. We do have a race report that will probably be out by the time this podcast drops, but on uh, day one. So Caroline Mani, uh, she took the wins both days. Uh, Caitlin Bernstein, she had the dreaded double fourth place finish at NoHo. And so she was uh, in the coverage from Dirtwire talking about how she really wanted 
to get on the podium and it was kind of affecting how her she was racing she was like well i could really mix things up but i don't want to like blow up or do something stupid so i'll just kind of sit in because i really want to get on the podium so good to see her grab that second and then anna is it miguel or is it Magali? Magali. Magali, Anna Magali for the uh, Trek Cycle Cross Collective. She uh, gets on the podium again. So, Michael, what's our tally at for Team America? I think I think the tally has not changed this weekend. Still at three. Yeah, uh, we're we're keeping our eyes out on the uh, the bike reg though for uh, the North Carolina Grand Prix coming up this weekend. I so far. No, no furriners, as we were saying in the green room, no furriners on the start list yet. So Ruby, uh, Canadians, friends from Mexico, still time for you to jump in and just wreck havoc uh, with this uh, tough streak the Americans are facing. Uh, so on uh, the men's side, uh, we saw this was kind of this one was kind of interesting. You know, we had Curtis White. He kind of bossed both days, uh, got the wins both days. Um, Eric Brunner, guy we have our eye on, uh, and he just kind of rode away both days. I mean, he got a gap. Uh, I think it was a little bit more decisive. He was saying on the first day, uh, got a gap pretty early. Uh, Curtis kind of attacked early. He followed, and then Brunner got a gap and rode alone for most of the race. Won by over 30 seconds. So Curtis finished second and uh, Lance Haydet finished third. So this was a pretty full field. I mean, I was trying to like take stock of who wasn't there. And I think on the men's side, just kind of like Kerry Werner and Vandenham were the two names that really stuck out to me that kind of weren't there. Vandenham, of course, uh, dealing with flooding right now. He actually is stuck in British Columbia and can't get out because like all the roads are closed. So uh, he couldn't have made it even if he wanted to, uh, I, I, you know, I mean, we're, we're looking at Nats. We've got Pan Ams coming up. Uh, Eric Brunner showed again that he can, you know, I think he won more decisively than he did on uh, Cincy on day one, but uh, we've been high on Brunner all season and it's, uh, I'm not surprised. All right. I'm, 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 I'm sending it over to to Bodie right now. The 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 uh, uh, Blancavash is winning worlds. You know, already on the board. Are you taking Brunner for Nats? Um, th- that's tough, Bill. I don't feel as confident uh, picking Brunner as I did for Vosh. and I'm going to say no. I-, I I like not. I like seeing Brunner coming in hot and. Uh, kind of stirring things up, but I I feel like it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be Gage Hecht again. I just feel like he's, I don't know. It just, it feels like there hasn't been, okay. I feel like in the men's field, there hasn't been this, the strong narrative we had in 2019 of sort of Curtis and Carey um, all season didn't really happen this year. I think it's sort of, because of the World Cups, um, like we, we had it and started at Go Cross, and the World Cups kind of threw a wrench in it, and um, and then Kerry taking some time off, and he's going to do mountain biking on the gravel bike, and then so you know Curtis came and dominated No Hope, and then Brunner has come. So I feel like it's it's kind of interesting that the amount of different men who've sort of been near the top or been hunting for the top there. So I I don't feel confident saying Brunner's going to do it, and uh, I'm I'm. Yeah, I guess I'm putting some ships on on hacked repeating. Like, is it? Yeah, I guess it is repeating, even though they didn't have nationals in 2020. But yeah, 
So that's where I'm at, Bill. Thanks. Can I, can I, are you allowed to do this? Can I make a split prediction based on what the weather conditions are like? Is that, oh, are you allowed to do that? I just that? like that we're having our, our, you know, end of December or mid-December uh, show right now, even though we have like 18 races to talk about this. I am giddy about this. So please, please make your, uh, your nationals pick. Uh, so I, so you know when uh, when nationals uh, hap or was awarded to Chicago, I did a story uh, on Chicago suburbs, DuPage County, Wheaton. It's in Wheaton, DuPage County, Chicago suburbs. Uh, I did a story, and I was like, you know, ever the uh, person who dealt with uh, climate data throughout grad school. I was like, I wonder what hi- the historical Chicago conditions are like on on. December 12th or whatever, you know, whatever day it was about supposed to be. Uh, because, you know, growing up in Chicago, there's definitely those times where you remember snow and there's those times when you remember being like 50 degrees out. Um, and it was, it was really a mixed bag. I mean, there was one year it was like 60 and this is the last five years. You know, there was one year that it was 24 and snowy. There was one year it was 40 and mild. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it, to me, it's like a similar, it's kind of it'll be a similar situation. Do we get 2012 Madison where it was dry and fast or do we get 2013 Madison where it was a icy shit show and obviously you know where this is going. The weather is poor. I think Kerry Warner has shown that, you know, that's the kind of course that he can ride well on. Uh, I think he showed at Cincinnati, but uh if it's dry, if it's dry and fast, I would not count out Eric Brunner. I mean, dude is absolutely flying right now. So I don't know if I'm ready. I'm going to hold off until I can see what the weather is and we can just kind of drag. I don't have a grand prediction, but I do think that if the weather is poor, I think Kerry, I know he just seems like he's got that stuff dialed in and you know that he wants it really badly. This is why I'm excited for Pan Ams because I feel like that is going to be all the, the main contenders will be back and we'll sort of get a better idea of, uh, going into nationals and we'll do like cougar Haida, where we'll just totally over interpret everything that happens and make predictions uh, on the podcast that following week. Resol- resolution Bill, cup will Bill, be the new have you made Haida. a pick yet oh god i was i was Bill, hoping you made a pick because you were the resolute one <laughs> bill bill was the resolute one last last winter bill bill stuck strong in the face of like new data uh, for my so, nationals picks or what no, for oh, worlds. worlds. You stuck with Brand on the oh, run yeah. while Michael and I were like, "Oh my yeah. gosh, we don't think Brand's going to win now." <laughs> I don't have a worlds pick. I don't even know if I have a nationals pick. If, if, I, if that, I was, I was just to just to throw a th- throw it out there. I was going to pick Brunner, but I don't know. I think I think I, I will wait until we have the official the official nationals selection show. Uh, but like how I got tricked okay. into that. Great. Yeah. I'm also picking That's, Tobin, yeah. so there you go. Oh, come on. You can't just pick everybody and then say, see, I did it. You're not, you're not, you're not like an internet odds maker. That's not how this works. Uh, okay. So yeah. I he does have the track record though. Michael, so you made the pick. You you were the early you were on this train early on. Michael, is Claire gonna repeat? Yes. Okay. That's to me. <laughs> Back- kinda, yeah. <laughs> Since we're talking about trains, let's get back on track. Zach, can you tell me who came out on top in the New England Cyclocross Series? Oh, are we skipping day two? Oh, did we want to do day two? See, I'm already on the. I'm already on the. There's no day twos. 
Oh, I, I have a point, though, from day two that I want to bring up. So Ruby West kind of fell off on, on day one. She ended up finishing Sith, but um, she was she was back in the game uh, on on Sunday and racing really strong. And I was talking to, to Carolyn and Carolyn said that she kind of had this plan because her coach was like, you took it too easy on Saturday. You need to pull a Rochette and you need to get ready for Europe. Um, but Ruby West was was mixing it up with her and not giving her the lead. And, you know, Carolyn said she got kind of her uh, Euro aggressiveness out of the way. But she she said she felt like that she, she literally her quote was that the young kids these days don't show any respect to the elders. Uh, and so and she was saying that she talked to uh, to Voss about this and Voss was saying similar things with all the young riders. So here's my thing. Like, are young riders obligated to show deference to older riders in cyclocross. What 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 form is this deference supposed to take? That's what I want to know. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, uh, so we saw this with, uh, uh, you know, to keep it. So Colin Reuter posted something of a kid who made a sketchy pass who was trying to get past him. And he was saying like, oh, you know, this isn't the kind of thing. So I think it comes in terms of like taking wheels making passes you know i guess ruby was like made a move on carolyn to not let carolyn get to the sand first so that kind of stuff like i it seems like it's cyclocross you're racing like why should there be like deference shown i don't i don't understand i I mean it's it's funny that that it's funny that Colin brings it up because if you go back in, in the history of, of Colin and Adam Myerson, Adam would always yell at Colin for going out too hard and then screwing everything up in the beginning of a race, like in a couple turns. And Colin will always be like, well, then be just be in front of me, you know, so so that that kind of I can see where that where he would sort of feel that emotionally, what you're trying to say. I, I think that this if that is even an argument, if what you are saying is even an argument, it comes into play if you are dealing with riders who historically have not been there at the end and you can say what are you doing at the in the first lap of a race if if at the end of the race you are historically 20th right but how can you say that about someone like ruby west who swept the weekend the week before you know and how can how can they they, i I love it in europe for the european racing because it's like oh crap these kids are fast they need to show some respect i come on i (laughs) and and yeah i i I mean if anything were wout and uh, vanderpool showing any respect to their elders when they were coming (laughs) up no they were trying to kick him in the teeth and i think that that we see the same thing and i love it i we see it in the same thing on the women's side when we talk about tabor we'll talk about puck i think that's exactly what she was trying to do you know i mean i think they're 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 trying to make a name for themselves and and i think that uh yeah i don't buy that for a second yeah, like when I was coaching, you know, I was coaching high school basketball, I was coaching these sophomores, and they'd be like, coach, they're shoving me around, they're pushing, go shove them around yourself, like, what, nothing is stopping you from asserting yourself, I mean, I just have no time for it, you know, like when people talk about how aggressive the Euros are, 
dude, Jay Crowder it, put on your pads and go shove some people around, like take your spot from them. Uh, you know, I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. And especially like you said, I think, you know, in Europe, these young riders are competitive. Like they're literally winning races and I don't think they're obligated to say, Oh, excuse me, go ahead, Miss Voss. I will not take this spot from you. You know, if Mariana, like if she doesn't have that edge anymore, that's part of the challenge is like, you've got to get, you've got to get crafty. Uh, you've got to get more aggressive. So I think it just ups the, uh, the level of the racing, uh, too. Go put on your Anne-Marie Worst uh, pads and get in the scrum. Okay. So that was my big takeaway. Uh, so we'll just get to the series winners. That I, w- I was interested to hear your, your, your guys' opinions on that. Um, so the series winners, uh, the women's winner was Ruby West. Her second time, actually. She won it in, I think, 2017 at like age 18. So that was kind of like, I think, her first big moment kind of bursting out. So cool to see her get the repeat several years later in her, I think, she's an elite this year. And then uh, Curtis White takes the wins. I'm not even going to look to see how many times Curtis White has won the uh, the NECX series because it's probably a lot. <laughs> You would you would you would uh, not you would be forgiven if you were to think uh, just looking through pictures of Curtis White that his kit is actually that gray, white, and uh, red uh, NECX series kit. Well played, well played. Uh, so we did uh, North American Corner. We've got one more domestic race I, coming I, up this I, season. Got a shout out, you know, just because. I take photos from them time to time that the Alpha team did uh, Jules Van Kempen, Lauren Zerner, U23 series winners. So congrats to those guys. Nice work, kids. You may go. Apologies. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to go to to Europe. Uh, it's not a cor- is it a corner if it's half the podcast? I, the, the you know we did a good chunk on really shelf? rad, so I don't know. Okay, we're on to shelf. Shelf. I think we should just change that way. That way, nobody can accuse us of just stealing the slow ride shtick. Yeah, we don't do corners. We do shelves. Okay. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna do shelves, which is totally wait, uh, Bodie. Michael, hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hang on. Hang on. Stop. I'm sorry, Zach. I'm sorry to interrupt. Bodie. Well, I, I just, you know, <laughs> as someone who photographs houses for a living, like you've got a corner. What's bigger than a corner? Well, it's not a shelf. Okay. It's I'm like, sorry. Uh, I was thinking about a corner of a like, okay. <laughs> Can we go to I'm Euro really, closet? Can we go to Euro closet? It could be a parlor. It could be a pantry, living, dining, den. This is the Euro den. We're now in the Euro den because this is the media room? pit. Anti room, the media room, anti room, <laughs> anti room. Yeah. <laughs> All right, great. The, um, what's the uh, uh, the foyer? Foyer. Yep. Yep. Foyer. Double parlor. Sitting room. Okay, um, we're gonna yeah. go to uh, Zach. We're going to Euro walk-in closet. Perfect. But I, you know, this is great that we're talking about this because uh, Bodie, we're at Concrete Cross. Like, what's the story there? You talking about Home Depot Cross? <laughs> Home Depot Cross. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Jamarket Across? Jamarket uh, Across. That's the great Jamarketing. No, right. I was you get Jamarketing tie in there with uh, the the rest of the uh, the DIY um, home building center. Yeah. So I watched the women's race. I didn't watch the men's race. Um, but the big thing about this 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 is the race that has. Bill, you did a really good uh, CXs and O's last year about this race. Um, Sweck, 
you did the times to the sand pit. That was a really big feature where they came and they went to the sand pit and, and Swack wrote it really well and um, had a great race. But they, uh, they decided they needed to do some more changes this year. And they, I don't remember this course being, there was a, a U-turn. So you did a U-turn into the sand pit. Um, they also added um, a feature that people are calling the moguls. Um, one might say it looked like a bunch of rolls, you, like a bunch of rolls baked in the oven. Or, you know, to me, it looked like a stack of butts. Um, so, <laughs> but, you know... I was watching the race, and unfortunately, I mean, the, the riders did not have nice things to say, or they tried to be very polite. But Brand and Sonicant, uh, uh, Watch, uh, called it a circus. It, it, sort of that these features were just kind of ridiculous and not necessarily, you know, adding anything to to a value to the to the race. Uh, but unfortunately, Sonic crashed twice. And was pretty upset, understandably, in her interview. Kind of an awkward interview, too. And she actually just DNS'd. Um, so I hope that she... I think she hit her head actually pretty hard. So I hope she's doing all right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think about the butts? Let's talk about the butts. Just let's talk about the course. What do you guys think? So question. I, so Brand was saying that, oh, it was so much more man-made and stuff. Like, wh- I did not go back and watch game film uh, from last year. Like, what else was new? Because I remember kind of like there was that pit of despair uh, at the bottom of that descent, right? But what else was added? Or was it one of those things where because the butts were just so comical that they're like, everything was man-made and this course was terrible? Is it one of those situations? Or were there other features that weren't in the the Neil course the previous year? Was it this like, there was this, uh, the, the, the riders are coming towards the camera and they, it was like an off camber and they had to go left and there was like a, a step up onto a concrete and there was like, sandbags kind of sort of like protecting the gap that seemed like a possible new because riders are really struggling there it was the most awkward transition so i think maybe that was new as well um huh okay yeah that i that was the other one that stuck out in my mind as a potential uh feature so guys though you know so everyone thinking about fayetteville everyone's talking about how I, I got to. I'm sorry. I know I haven't said anything. I've been just sitting here struggling, half listening to you all, trying to figure out how to work in. Oh my God, Becky, look at those <laughs> Neil features. I, 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 I'm sorry. I just don't. They're have just it so yet. I'll just big I'll, and I'll let you out there. <laughs> oh. uh, Bill has big moguls, and he cannot lie. <laughs> so, uh, so Zach so, Fayetteville. <laughs> what oh so you know everyone's talking about uh Fayetteville and how there weren't enough quote-unquote manufactured cyclocross features I mean are we talking about are we talking about butts are we talking about you know are we talking wait, about wait, like wait, the wait, cross waves like what are we talking about that's like are there any good manufactured cyclocross features that aren't like just I mean, Azencross is pretty cool, Bill. You've made the point in the past that it makes for great photography, but it doesn't affect the race. But uh, this was a feature that, like, you had to know. You had to have the moves. You had to have the flow to get through the butts. The thing about Neil that it, it, is that they've always done this, right? I mean, they've they've had the 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 serpentine section through the, the actual Home Depot through the, the pallets. <laughs> you know, we had pallet right. cross for years. 
And then uh, one year they built a sand mountain, like a, a mountain, <laughs> like it was a dune. I insert whatever joke you need to make here. Bodie, uh, and they had to climb all the way up it and run all the way across it and run all the way down it, you know. And and it's it's at the same time it has that that off camber that I am just so in love with that they've always had as well. So it has one of the greatest natural cyclocross features in the sport. And I guess does that give them license to just come up with gimmicks? I mean, it again, I, it's good to marketing. I mean, we're talking about this race. Like, right. I mean, it's not like Leuven, which we're <laughs> maybe going to talk about briefly. I which don't know. Is, but which, which, as cyclocross tracks go, is just a gem. I mean, it, it, is, it is a return to jungle cross. You look at that Leuven course, there's just like, it's insane. I mean, it's one of the coolest courses out there, but you're right. We probably won't even cover it because, you know, we're already almost 40 minutes in and we haven't even gotten to Tabor yet. Well, the thing about Leuven is it's not even part of a series, so why do I care? Um, I want to talk about the race a little bit at Jamarket Across, though, um, because this maybe, you know, um, if, if someone... <laughs> wasn't the worst at the butts. They might have been able to be back. Um, worst having an unfortunate crash on the lap lap. Last lap in the butt section um, really kind of sealed the deal for listening to Brand. Uh, but yeah, we saw Worst riding a lot of the technical sections, that really muddy pitch. She was riding most of it. Uh, Brand was running. But yeah, we saw Worst racing in a way we hadn't seen in a while. And that was pretty cool. One of the the decisive move in the women's race came, though, in this, the pits have become a big story this season. Brand doesn't pit, worse does. She gets a gap, and that's the gap that she has when she wins. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I will talk about the men's race. I watched the end of the men's race, which was a super interesting and uh, dynamic race but i guess i kind of like uh, i think our friend becca friend of the friend of the show would probably call it like the plop pit like that that pit of just like literal like knee deep mud for lars vanderhaar you know him alien lars like knee deep mud so a couple laps to go tone just biffs it he pulls like uh he pulls He's keeping it in the family uh instead of bowling balling over a sauce he bowling balls into the, he just plops into the pit and then Lars just <laughs> runs over him and falls. He took out his own teammate by plopping in the pit. Um, I mean, credit to him for, for getting up, but you know, gave Ailey a gap, but like tone to his credit, he fights back. He gets all the way back. Like, I don't know if Ailey had a mechanical cause he pitted in the last lap. Tone gets a lead. He's killing it. Like tone is going to win this bike race. And he was done in by the pit, the other pit of despair. Uh, so this manufactured feature, you know, we saw Lauren Sweck do really well there last year. Uh, but Tonard's cost him the race. Like Ailey was able to ride it and Tone just each lap could not could not ride it. And he was kind of kick pushing through it. And, you know, at that moment, uh, Ailey didn't pass him, but he basically got right back up to his wheel. And then Tone kind of was looking around and Ailey attacked first and just barely beat him uh, in the long sprint. Kind of a neat finishing sprint. 
I like that one. They have that cool camera that you can just see just how hard mm-hmm. they're going uh, on that kind of uphill little sprinty thing. So uh, Tone, I, I mean, I was calling it a choke. Down. He kind of choked. <laughs> he blew it pretty bad. I just I'm, I just watched the end and I, I just wanted to say that that was a really good sprint. And I thought Tone was going to give up a lot sooner than he did. Um, but I missed the the unable to go through the sand section so oh yeah let's kick pushing um so we had that uh before we get to debor my one my one thing about loyven uh lauren swack is just like hey i'm gonna go race there my sponsors care more about a win you know in flanders versus doing whatever at tabor gentlemen how do you feel is this I'm concerned for the free Lawrence movement. You know, obviously we just freed Brittany, which is great. You know, I, hopefully <laughs> that's in the air, but like Lawrence Sweck company, man, what? Here's my question. Can you have all, all of the rage, especially in road cycling is cycling is the alternative racing calendar and the alternative racing schedule you know and you have guys like lachlan morton who are going out there and just doing crazy stuff the race gravel or even for him he's going to go race the tour de france but beat them to france you know do his own thing can you have an alternative race calendar that is still within the actual race calendar is this is like lawrence sweck in such a galaxy brain place that he is able to race cyclocross <laughs> at the same time everyone else is racing cyclocross yet it's his own thing uh, i think he would have had to go to the toy cup to toy toy cup today then and raced but i, I like this idea that's, it's that's, the I, I have to stop you there Bodie. that's more of a david <laughs> vanderpool thing <laughs> true well, but like, I mean, aren't there other, I mean, so there's other guys who do it, right? Like there's the, the Vanderpools and uh, so here's my thing. I mean, you say so that's that. It. So is he, is he now, is he now like, is he now a, is, is Lauren Sweck now the Dieter Swick of Lauren Sweck? <laughs> no. And here's why, you know what? He's just going to race all these off brand atheist cross because as we learned when he didn't come to America, Lauren Sweck really likes sleeping at home. Like he just doesn't want to leave. Like let's be honest. It's like, sure. It could be an alternative schedule, but like Lauren Sweck ain't driving more than like an hour and a half to go to a bike race. So sure. Uh, I don't know uh, what the race before the French world cup is, but sure. I bet Lawrence will just stay home and uh, you know, clean up there. Uh, he did race the world cup though. So did you guys catch speaking of Lawrence? I mean, cause we're not going to be talking about him. Did you catch with coming up on two to go when he was with uh corner van Kessel and our boy Vinny and, uh, I, like he like kind of like moved, like Corny kind of went to the barriers and said something to Lawrence and Lawrence just shrugged his shoulders like I'm not racing the rest of this race. Did you guys see that? No. <laughs> I think he was like, Wait. "Are we gonna race?" And Lawrence is like, "I don't care. Like I'm not winning. I'm not going hard the last two laps." <laughs> oh man, I didn't realize he actually went to DeBoer. Okay. Lawrence Sweck is the Dieter Sweck of Hendrick Sweck. <laughs> Oh man, you know I I'm just gonna come. I'm gonna cut it. I Bill, I kind of like, and I mean you. I know that you've had stuff going on, but I I do kind of like Bill doesn't watch the races. Bill and just <laughs> <laughs> Jones. 
Yeah. This has been so much fun, and we're not even done yet. <laughs> this episode, yeah, kind of off the rails here. I do. We got to give a shout out or mention uh, Anna Kay coming back after injury gets the victory at Leuven. Ellen Van Loy and Verdon shot, who we were talking about in the green room, uh, third place. So, oh, good for her. So she got on a podium. Yeah. Well, you know, good to see Anna Kay back. Um, but can we go to the the best race of the weekend? Let's do it. Uh, so my initial thought, Bill, like, uh, what is the iconic feature of Tabor? The uh the well there there's that that swell but I would have to say that the the um the the, the planks with the little uh, um, advertisements on them that's got to be the iconic feature. So here's my point: like if that's your iconic feature, right? I was trying to like uh, Tabor to their credit, they're so to their credit they're an organizer. This organized races since 1996. Uh, they're not like, you know, your flat, the, like the Zevins that didn't ever, ever pay the riders out that just come and go. Uh, so they're like, they're a mainstay, but it's not necessarily iconic. Bill, you know, I went to Charm City this year. Like this course just reminded me a million percent of Charm City. <laughs> I it, Like tight corners, mostly grass, like hilly, like, you know, a lot of technical features, but are that aren't you know, like, oh, shit, Namur drops. Like, it's kind of at, like, a, a park. It's at a park. Do you know what Do you know what the iconic feature of Tabor is, in all seriousness? Ice and snow. That is the iconic feature of Tabor. Okay. So when that doesn't happen, this is what we have. That's we have. funny you say ice and snow, because to me, the iconic feature of Tabor is that very slight incline that comes after a turn and that one year it was in the shadow, it was in the shade, <laughs> yes, yeah. and the entire race went down on the most, what seemingly was a nondescript corner. That to it's me. It's the one after the stairs. It's the stairs. So it's their it. yeah, stairs yeah. with okay. the, re- and there was actually one of, I think one of the riders in one of the races got stuck behind someone who couldn't get up it. But yeah, that was, it was like the comedy, it was like the, the comedy hour. It was an elite women's race. It was in 17 or 18 and it was hilarious i mean that's the iconic feature for me and so 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 tabor is a european grass grit right that's that's we're saying that's what i'm feeling so bill so has tabor not been in november because i mean every tabor that i can remember for the last several years when they've been like doing the world cup thing on the reg has been a november race it's been pretty fast like no snow no ice uh, you know, last year we got the hilarious swale that like ate up Pidcock. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I, I, I think I think what I'm I, I guess I guess what I'm what I'm thinking about for when you say iconic feature, you say snow and ice, and she has the boar. I, the indelible image in my mind is this enormous uh, figure of five foot seven Simon Andreasen boring down on Ailey Ezerbeet. Uh, in the men's juniors race in the ice and snow in Tabor and all at the world championship. And also in that same year, it was when no, no, no one knew that there were different kinds of tires 
and everybody chose the wrong tires for the world championships and it was just a, a, a huge mess but it was a great it was a great event it was a, a lot of fun it was it was the course that you know they and this has continued you look at the board traditionally part of what the course design that has been maintained where you say grass crit michael the reason that that exists is that this course was built for the world championship for one rider in mind who ended up not racing and that was Zdenek Stibar. This was the Stibar track. And then he he didn't race that Worlds because I think he got hurt. Oh, so it's like in baseball when they make the mound a little bit higher for, you know, certain pitchers and then that pitcher just like doesn't doesn't pitch in that series. Huh. Okay. okay. Interesting. Did not know that. I mean, Wow. So, you know what, like this was regardless of what you think of Tabor, even if you think it was Taboring, uh, racers make was the it? race, uh, great race in the women's race. Yeah. Uh, we had a big group. Uh, we had the young, I've just, are we, I've just done like the young guard. Like if you're under, if you're not, if you're over 21, you're, you're, you're old, you yes. know, sorry, prime time, you're old guard Yara, yeah. you know, she's 24 old, old. And, but you got to be under twenty one to be in the the new the new guard. That's just kind of how I'm doing it. I, are you guys okay with that? Yeah. Can I just like jump in here really quickly and ask for some redemption? When both of you looked at me like I was the biggest idiot in the world when we were talking about Euros, and I said that uh, people like Puck Pirza, you know, maybe some of the elites were glad she wasn't racing there, and you guys were like, "No, none of those kids are doing anything in the elite races." No, that's not true. We said Puck, yes. We said Sheeran, no. I'll have to go back and listen to the tape. <laughs> Bill, you're, I apologize. Bill, you are correct. Uh, you are right. This is all about, because uh, we'll get to it. This is all about us eating crow. So you're right, uh. Bill, and I apologize. <laughs> so we've got a great race. Uh, we saw Puck was kind of getting a gap, like, because she was hopping the barrier. She was the only one, and we know that's an uphill exit. And I've, if you read the bulletin, you know, my thing is if it's an uphill exit, that's when that's a situation where barriers can become decisive. But two and a half laps to go, she gets, she gets a gap, and she just, she YOLOs it. I mean, she's of the uh, YOLO age. Uh, right, I feel like that's a young young person's kind of thing, and she she yellowed it. Do you guys think that was the right play? I mean, we're, we're when we're talking about early attacks, we like talking about attacks that go early. You know, was that the I proper think- position to yellow? Because she got the gap every lap. Like things were staying together. She was getting the gap the lap before, the lap before that, lap before that. You know, but then she tries to just go full yolo for two and a half laps. So two things. I like how you're using the term YOLO, which to me dates you and makes hey, you Hey, fellow kids. <laughs> in only, in so I got this. I got to this, To the 19-year-old <laughs> puck. I got to, this, like, if you listen to the uh, Dirtwire uh, interviews, I got this. I, I just ripped this off of Erica Zavetta. <laughs> Who used it last weekend? <laughs> so she actually, I think Erica Zavetta is in like the YOLO generation. Like she is peak YOLO age. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I also, um, so you've you've rattled him, Zach. Zach, you've rattled him. <laughs> <laughs> I was just there was this. I was just loving how the show is just so off the rails. And I'm having fun, though. And I was thinking that you asked the same question last week. 
Uh, did Q go too early? Did Puck go too early? And I once again say no. Puck has been at the front and has not, hasn't been able to quite last. And I think that she smartly was getting these advantages and you keep stretching the rubber band until it snaps. And one day it's going to snap and she's going to go. Now, she also is racing against some of the Lucinda brand who is just having the most dieselist of diesel cross seasons, it seems like, like not super flashy, but just coming with the winds and using that power behind you. So like, I don't know, I did watch Flow Bikes, did a recap with, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking, uh, Jessica Alexander, I believe is her name, and Adam Meyerson. Yes, and Adam made a good point, though. And this is this is to our point about the course um, being sort of like a grass crit or that it's a kind of a roadies course. And so, so Puck was... This wasn't a course where you go out hard and get a gap because people can bring you back. So I just thought that was a really cool, astute point by... Adam, which is completely opposite of my point, but I wanted to share it because that was great. Well, and that that would be my point that I think I, I I will say though. So like we've talked about, you know, verb we use is sending it. Uh, heat check used to be in vogue, Bill. Uh, you know, and I'm just always trying to keep it fresh in terms of you know those uh, attacks off the front and what you're going to call it. So I think at least for the next few weeks, I'll be just calling them. I'll just be using YOLO as a verb, uh, YOLOing it. I think that puck. I mean, so describing what Meyerson is saying is that to hold a gap for two and a half laps was just flat out not going to happen. Uh, but no one else had really made, you know, had really made any separation. I mean, things were together. Brand was kind of floating in the pack. Um, I would yellow it with a lap and a half. Like, I think if I was going to go for it, I wait another lap and just try to make that my move um, and just be all in and be like, you know what? I'm putting all my chips on the table uh, to use the analogy that we always love to use. And if I can do this for, it was a long lap though. So it'd be like 12 minutes off the front, but 20 minutes of off the front. And it just didn't seem like she had the same because she went for it. Like to her credit, like she went for it. And tried to to make that move stick, but maybe that's like Michael. You have more experience with this with in a crit, like knowing it's a lot easier to go. But then at the same time, in a crit, everyone's watching you. So when you go with three laps to go, they're like, "Yeah, we're shutting that down." So, do you think that Puck was watching like 2018 game tape, and she saw that her fellow? Dutch women had this this detente, this pact in in the racing where it was like, okay, one Dutch woman gets out front and then she's allowed just to go and then we'll just watch her go, you know, the back when it was like Alvarado or it was Amory worse, and then they'll just win the race, right? Wasn't that the wasn't that the deal? And and I think Zach, we were saying, hey, let's go watch the men's race because the women's race isn't really that exciting when the one Dutch woman gets out front and then everybody watches her. Maybe she thought that that still was the way that cyclocross worked, but new, new rules. Maybe there was a coaching in the uh, coaching change in the, in the, in the Dutch Federation. And that's, that's no longer how the game is played on that side. And it's a lot more aggressive, which is great for us, but it's like those tactics. If you look back three years ago, 
I think had a better chance of succeeding. But now we're seeing, you know, and it's those damn kids again who are being a lot more aggressive and fighting back. And then you have also Lucinda Brand who's just going to sit back and lie in wait and and pick her points and be able to just, you know, pull people back in. So, again, I'm glad she went. I'm glad she went early because it made it for that much more of an exciting race and that much more fun. Didn't really work out as well for her, although great finish, but and I think a great, you know, confidence booster regardless. But uh yeah, I, I just the, the the game has changed. I mean I think for the better, but you know, that that used to be a decent move. I just don't think it's it's it works anymore. Well, if one Dutch goes out the front and no other Dutch chases, there's no one else to chase. Except for Voss, I guess. Um <laughs> That's a good point. No, and I think like uh, you, t- you you hit on one thing that I think that I'm really enjoying about these elite women's races is that they've been every year has been something different. Going back to even 2016, 2017, when you had you'd have like ten women going into the last lap, and then you had the year that Sana Kant won everything. Then you had you know this year that you're talking about, Bill, where. Um, it was Alvarado and was just like laying into it. Then we had last year was really a story of Betsima goes and do they catch Betsima. That was literally every elite women's race. And now, you know, we've got something new where it's just more dynamic and you're seeing more tactical racing and you actually don't necessarily know uh, what you're going to get from it. So that is, you know, one thing that has been super interesting, even though it's some of the same players, but now we have new players is that the women's field is just so dynamic. And maybe that's part of our problem with the men's field, uh, except for maybe some recent races. I don't know, is that it's just been very predictable, right? And it's like, all right, it's Ailey, it's Tone, and maybe Venturnout's there. Like that was literally like for the last like four years or something like that, you know, at the beginning of the year. And I think that's one thing that's made it really interesting. Um, but to your point, uh, and going to the, the crit analogy, perhaps if I do this correctly, you know, I wrote about this at the bulletin, but I thought brand just like owned that group. Like brand was just like, like a rider in a crit, like she was Legion controlling that race. You know, she's like, Oh, puck is off the front. That's okay. I'll just sit seventh wheel. I don't need to do literally anything, you know, early in the race. She's like, Oh, let's mix things up. Oh, I'll attack and get Vosh or puck Peterson to, to, you know, burn a match and attack me. And then I'll just sit in and watch them go hard. I thought she just was masterful uh, in playing that race. But to me, it seemed like everyone knew this. It was come down to the barriers, right? That was the, that was the race, right? The, the sprint before the sprint was three minutes from the finish. The barriers, right? Do you guys not agree? Yeah. Um, you know, and Puck was kind of under pressure and she didn't nail it. But, you know, Brand got there first. Uh, and then she, you know, was able to accelerate out and extend her lead and do just enough. But you saw like the women were coming back. And I guess that's the point of, you know, my point about Puck making that move is like, it was really hard to hold the lead. Like Brand, you know, did just enough and got, to, it was like, I mean, it's like a, a roadie, right? Like she played it like a roadie. Like she did just enough at the right moment to win the race and go home happy. Uh, and I thought that she was just like, I really enjoyed it. I I was watching even in real time being like, wow, her tactics are so good here. Like she's just chilling. She's just letting other people do. I'm seventh. No, no worries. I'm good. Oh, all right. Now it's time to go to the front. All right, let's do this. Um, so yeah, I super enjoyed. Uh, I thought it was just a, a, a masterpiece by her. So just to complete your analogy earlier and just to keep this in the family, if Brand is Legion, then Puck Peter C or Peters is Scott McGill of Avolo, who was just interviewed 
on the most recent Wide Angle Podium podcast, uh, Criterium Nation. Yeah, and he's been uh, he's been heat checking. He's made both of days like at uh, last week at NoHo and this week on Sunday. He's a Sunday heat check man. He did this at uh, Charm City too on Sunday. Bill, if we don't have day two, we don't get the Scott McGill early race heat check. And I don't know <laughs> okay, how I feel I'm, about that. I'm convinced to keep it then. Convinced. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, speaking of you know the, the 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 way back machine we went into from from how the Dutch woman used to race, it was you know worth mentioning. I know we mentioned it throughout the the recap, but uh, Anne Marie Worst ending up third, so starting to 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 be at the front of races again, and uh, then uh, Alvarado only four seconds back, so hopefully an upswing for her as well in in the in the mix. And I'll say since I brought it up. The media pick jinx works again. Betsima, three out of five races out of the wide angle off the podium ever since I brought up the OPP streak. I just, man, it's the reverse jinx. She, she is just stuffed it. I think in, in Neil, she also just kind of just, just jammed it up. Like just the late in the race, she's falling, making mistakes. Um, yeah. So who are you going to pick on next? Well, I, so this came up. So this came up, and uh, uh, Jan Buxton, great commenter. You know, if you haven't joined the bulletin yet, we have a Slack channel where, it's you know, good. yeah, it's pretty great. That gives you a chance to interact with other bulletin subscribers, and we jump in there and give our thoughts. And you know, Jan always has great thoughts. And he was talking about um, reconsidering my point about what I said about Batsma doing the strategery and my thinking was that last year she came into form so like at the beginning of the season she finished fourth fifth and then she just was racing really well and i was like wow if she's on great form at the start of the season uh man what's she gonna be like when you know when she races into fitness and she's kind of like she's kind of easer beating it (laughs) i don't know she's she's pulling an easer beat well, so does that just mean that we're going to see a you know a a periodization and a second peak for nationals and worlds? I mean, that's the that's kind of the if you're a Betsima fan, that's kind of that's kind of what you're holding out hope for, right? I mean, long season and that's you're coming back for the for the final third of the season. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. Also, the other thing that I brought up, we were talking about was brands win at euros a statement we agreed that no but i said if she goes on to win say like the next two races or a few races in a row uh, retrospectively it becomes a becomes a statement so i'm going to be on retroactive statement watch because she's on a winning streak she's won three in a row uh you know i mean if she keeps if she stacks a couple more i'm going to be on retroactive statement statement race watch i'm just letting you guys know what you know what i have my eyes on uh coming up this weekend at uh Coxida. sometimes you don't know that a statement has been made until the historians go back and look at it years <laughs> later or or weeks <laughs> or weeks later could be weeks Exactly, exactly. Uh, so that cleans up. I mean, last thing to mention, we had the uh, riveting battle for uh, to break up the Dutch hegemony on the top 10 between Megaly Rochette and Claire Hansinger, like uh, during most of the USCX races, Megaly took it uh, and finished 10th ahead of Clara. I, I, I know they're all horizontal, but I think Vosh will have something to say about that. No, I know, I know. Real horizontal. Okay. Oh no, no, no. I know. Like, I mean, it was being facetious. I know she was in there. Okay. Uh, gotcha. As well, but yeah, like Sorry. just the general, the general hegemony 
or hegemony is it hegemony but you do you do law stuff is i feel like is it hegemony or hegemony hegemony i'm not i think however you want to say it it's fine we're we're all about free pronunciations on this show zach <laughs> that is that is true good all right let's do it we're gonna get to the men's race no not yet <laughs> all right <laughs> no i just okay so this is so i think you know puck has really showed herself she's really we can't say she made a statement yet. She's been around, um, but I think she's finally coming coming to that promise we maybe saw before. And I really feel that Puck needs a nickname, and we don't quite have one yet. And I, you know, listen to uh, sorry, Yolanda Neff has a great nickname, Sandy Poof, um, and Puck also has curly hair that sort of comes out the back of her helmet. She likes to send it. So I'm, I'm, is it, is it Sendy Puck? I, I, I don't know. I kind of want to put this out to the bulletin, to the, the listeners. What's your nickname for Puck Peters? I did see that there was a pretty dis- good discussion on Twitter between Colin Reuter and Tara Seplavi, Seplavi, and he had said Huck Peters, Huck Petersy. So I'm, I'm liking it. Uh, I don't know. If you guys have any thoughts, we Ooh, need a, I do like, a nickname. I like Ginger Poof, but I I don't know if it can be like derivative of Sunday Poof. I mean, that's just so unique. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean Huck Huck Peter. Is it sorry? Is it Petersay or Peters? I think it's Peter Sa. Peter Sa. Okay. Yeah. There was someone who had actually, I, it was a Spanish person who had done a pronunciation guide for Dutch words. They're like, oh, it's very easy. And then like explained all of it. But then you, you also had to like understand Spanish and like, I don't know, for, for people like me, go back to like high school Spanish. But I, I found it quite useful and it was very interesting. I'll see if I can dig that up. Um, but explaining, you know, different vowel combinations and how they're uh, pronounced, which was kind of interesting. But I think the, yeah. Her nickname is YOLO. Let's move on to the men. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to the men's race. Uh, I I mean, what what is there? What is there to say? Uh, Bill, you had, I mean, we can, we know who won. We all know who won. Do you want me just want to get it over with? Okay. Bill, let's just, Bill, let's get it over with. What? (laughs) We got some. We got some. Uh, we got. We got. We got some correspondence. What, what I learned in the last week is that you don't put jerseys into the dryer, according to Rob <laughs> Kelly. That's that. That was the most important thing that he took away from our discussion last week. Rob always looking for the important, salient points and that's that's what he came away with but that's all to say michael i'm just i'm just giving giving the floor to you 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 told us all no statements no backness lars vanderhaar just a fluke just a flash in the pan just got lucky explain yourself well well, I'm gonna, well, actually, you here? Okay. Well, actually, I read the email. We we got a, we got some feedback. Um, luckily, this person didn't know who couldn't remember it was me or Zach who called the shot. So we won't we won't we <laughs> read the email. Read. I don't have it up. 
Yeah, he said, I forgot who called it last week, Michael or Zach, but someone said Lars is back and Lars won again. You guys know your stuff. I think that if anything, it was either Zach or myself. You are out of the picture. Well, no, I Michael. Michael was. I mean, he gave we. Michael spent like eight minutes telling us. He gave us like you know. He gave us rhyme and rhyme and reason of why Lars was not officially back. I said, I said, sort of. You go back. I said I had a hypothesis. I it got challenged, but fine. I'll take I'll take the L. I'm taking the big L. I I, I don't know Zach. To go back to your previous question. I don't know if it is Moni or Moni, but I do know what a hedge is. <laughs> you all can listen to the podcast. Uh, I think I will say tonight that I think I think I think Lars is back. All right, he proved it to me. Excellent about the race, Zach. I mean, it was like, uh, it was pretty good. Uh, Lars was very aggressive throughout. And if you guys watched, like he was just super aggressive. You know, I went back and I was watching the end of it and he was really putting pressure on. And, you know, we had earlier in the season, I think at one of the races where uh, Tone was just like, yeah, I'm tired and uh, you can just go ahead. I think it might've been a jingle cross. And I don't know if that happened here, but there was one lap where basically <laughs> Lars just gets to the start, finish and attacks, drops Venturn out, drops Ertz. Q uh, was left dangling and Lars just was like on a mission. Like he was going to win this race. You could see like he was just putting pressure on Ailey left and right. He was sprinting out of every corner, um, just constantly, you know, making moves uh, on him. Uh, but I think again, it like almost came down to the, uh, so here's my, here's what I was thinking. I don't know if you guys have ever had this situation, but there's like, there's a feature like you think you know how to, you, you could probably ride it. But to be safe, you know, you're like, I, I don't want to. Um, but, you know, you're in a tight race and it comes down the last lap. Uh, you know, uh, if you're of a certain age, you know, the the, the letters Y-O-L-O might start trickling uh, into your brain. And you're like, you know, I can make them. I should be able to ride this feature. If I ride this feature, I'm probably going to win or, you know, finish 17th in the case of most of us. Um, I. I was wondering if Lars was going to try to hop the the barriers on that last lap. Uh, Cause I mean, we do know that he likes to, do we have a nickname for when he crashes hopping the barriers? Cause it happens a lot. Um, crash cam Lars, but he can, well, I mean, he in, still should be able the, to hop them. Isn't that the classic uh, Lars Vander, uh, Vander yard sale? <laughs> I don't even know my own nicknames anymore. <laughs> no, it's the I, yard I hear, sale. But, it's the Yara sale. Like that well, one's it's, like, it, but, but it started with Vander yard. Vander Yard sale is is from Svenness videos of old. No, old I thought Vander Holshot. No, was, that was part of it too. But then it just it grew from there. But here, here's here's uh, I guess to to look at this tactically, Zach, and you're asking the question about should he have ridden that? Would have been you know, but since Ailey was riding it, I talked about facetiously about Puck watching game tape, but I seriously want to know if Lars watched game tape because you look at who he's going against right there, Ailey Ezer beat, and you look at Tabor from last year, and that was the whole breakdown of Van Tornout 
versus Ezerbeat was that Van Tornout was much smoother, much faster. You talk about the uphill part accelerating off of the planks, and that was his advantage where Ailey kept struggling with it, kept taking the wrong line, kept not having that same acceleration. If I see that and I know that about Ailey Ezerbeat and I'm going against him, I'm more confident that it's not that big of a disadvantage for me to get off the bike and run and still keep most of that momentum, not lose as much as as opposed to if I was, if it was Michael Van Tornout in that situation against Lars Vanderhaar, I think it's a different story. I think he's burning a match having to get back up there, but that's just not a strength for Ezerbeat. And we saw that exact same thing where he was not able to close down his teammate last year and take that win because of that section. I just have to point out, that you know bill's been uh he's been on the sidelines he's been throwing shit in there and this is what i love about bill is he just comes hot in hot with the best analysis of the podcast like that was brilliant you're absolutely right because i think that you know the acceleration out as lars was doing it much better ailey was still struggling you know and lars kept an advantage but i i love that i love the the dip into the history the game film uh and it played out that, you know, Lars was able to to keep his advantage and, you know, Ailey was not able to really take advantage of it, I guess. So, um, you know, and I, I think at that point too, you're tired. The chances of biffing it are pretty high. And I think he had confidence that like if he got to, because there were not that many places to pass either. Like it was super twisty and tight uh, after that. And so I think like, you know, places to pass were kind of few and far between uh, after that as well. Uh, so that probably played into some of that decision-making as well. The other, the other point I will throw in there, and I, it can also go to, to watching game tape, and you mentioned it already, Zach, is that if you look at Lars and you said sprinting out of corners, holy cow, is there a difference in just watching that guy when he's like, I'm going to win this race versus Lars of the last three years where it's almost passive. Lars still strong, still kind of in the mix, but never right there. And now it's like every turn, the dude is out of the saddle, just all in. It's just, it's, it's just amazing what that, just that little bit of confidence can, can do. And it's just, I mean, it's just, it's turned him into a different, it's, it's yeah, it's 2017, 16 Lars again. And it's just, it's crazy. Or even even before that, right? Even like 13, 14, yeah. 15. Lars. Peak Lars yeah. was like 13, 14, 15, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That that was that was my big note. I'm looking at my race notes right here. It's just is just the fact that he was drilling it. He was coming through the start finish line, drilling it, every drilling it from the gun, drilling, drilling, drilling. Just having that almost Vanderpool-esque, like just ability to go, 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 continue to go, looking fresh. Um, I think I think Bill, maybe, you know, the jersey's a little bit lighter. It's white now, you know, so he can, it's, it's easier to ride. Probably shrunk a little bit, a little bit tighter, feeling, feeling fast. So, yeah, I, I, um, it's almost too bad that, you know, uh, Sven went to the arm barn and he pulled out this like revived Lars. But that, but that was like something happened then because then he lost tone. Like if they, you know, they can't have them both at the same time. The Lions can't have two guys at the front of these races like the Sauces still do. I mean, even though Lars won, I mean, I, I was just watching the Sauces try to pull their tactics in this race again. 
Um, you know, Swack was up there for a little bit, and then I don't know. He attacked, and LA got pissed. But it, the one thing I I noticed was that Mikey V got to the front, and then he looked more. He looked back for 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 Ellie more times than a fuck than a high school yearbook. Like he literally couldn't keep his eyes on the road. He had to see where little Ellie was, and I just that's such a different, a marketed difference from the last year's Tabor where he was taking it to Ellie and just, just kind of interesting that, that dynamic over there at the sauces right now, they kind of have to be, uh, be kind of wondering what's going on. Definitely on their heels. So Zach does, uh, does tone have to take the, uh, take the C off of his sweater and hand it on, hand it on to Lars now. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> we'll see. I, so I, was uh i'm glad that you brought up van turnout don't hedge zach i'm glad you brought up van turnout and i'm really excited what i'm excited about for lars is that we now have our november to remember for 2021 i feel like november in the last like five years has just always delivered us a november to remember so we had this year is clearly going to be lars vanderhaar Last year, the November to remember was Mikey V. The year before that, it was Yara. The year before that, it was Kim Vandesteen. Uh, I don't remember if there was one in 2017, but we've just had these consistent Novembers to re- uh 17 was Mod Captains, but hers was in October to remember. She was done by November. So um, just we've had like these great random performances that kind of come out of come out of nowhere. Because I, I, to be fair, like Lars to me, and as I said in the last pod, like he hadn't shown that he could win a race. Uh, but now that he has that confidence, I think like that it could be to build just the jersey. I mean, riders always talk about like having that jersey and why these races are such a big deal. We're going to come up on Pan Ams, and a lot of people are going to be like, oh. Who cares about Pan Ams? Whatever. But to these riders, like winning that jersey means a lot. Like winning a big jersey race means a lot. And we were talking about, are we going to overanalyze Pan Ams? If an American wins, maybe it might actually be a huge benefit to them. I, you know, uh, going into nationals, being if they get it delivered in time, or if they have to like cram on the the jersey or whatever uh, they have to do. But it's just you, you talk to riders, and there's something about the Jersey that means a lot to them. And it just, and it might actually just be confidence. Yeah. I, I, I think that that is true. And I think also that maybe we need to send a, a thank you note from the, from the bulletin to make your uh, gimmick watch, you know, all work out now for when you uh, ranked ranked months. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of random. <laughs> God, February sucks. So since we're on the ranking of the months, Zach, you misquoted me in your bulletin. I said that November was the only month that was just cyclocross, and that was a good thing. And you just proved it with the November to remember that it needs to be it needs to move up in the rankings. Okay, I didn't. I put it like eleventh or something. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Well, but we were because we were discussing the lull. We were discussing the we were discussing the October hangover into the anticipation of December and like just uh, that it was you know. uh, But you're right. I I should have called on the Novembers to remember. Uh, Speaking of anticipation, yes, yeah, it's beginning to look a lot like Wapmas. Oh yeah, <laughs> that happened today. Uh, so, what do you guys think? Like, how are you guys feeling about like his b- being coy about worlds? Like, what's up with that? Someone, He's not going, huh? He's not going. No, I don't think so. 
I, I think he would. I think he rode. Too, it's too important. What if Vanderpool? I mean, apparently his back problem is fixed, but like, what if it's not? What if Vanderpool is looking very mortal and Wout has the chance to pick up number four? I mean, he won three in a row, right? Three, three is a great number. Yeah, uh, I mean, here, here's, <laughs> here's my question, and maybe we'll just go out on this, and we can, we can let the 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 listeners of the media pit and the readers of the bulletin sort of chew this one over. Every year, we have this time when Woutmus is announced, and it it goes in. It usually comes out about the same to what do we call Vanderpool when he comes back? The Vanderpolstis. Vanderpolstis, <laughs> right? Do we have a Pidcock version of this yet? Uh, Pitters Palooza. Pitters Palooza. <laughs> okay. So we have these three seminal events in Cyclocross that happen. It seems to be now, and we're throwing Pitters and Pidcock in there as well every year. And every year we have the same kind of debate where we say is this the year that the rest of the field is finally at a level where they will not take a back seat to that what used to be a duo now seems to be a trio or is this just another Lucy pulling the football away from cyclocross Charlie Brown who is the field that's racing right now, who thinks that they can stick with these guys and they're just going to be meat by the time that we get to the start line in December. I mean, I felt like the, this discussion had more oomph to it last year. I felt like Ailey was kind of rolling people a lot easier. He's already looked pretty mortal. I mean, he just got his his butt kicked by Lars Vanderhaar uh, two times in three races. Uh, I don't even think it's a question. I don't see it happening. Bodie, Will, Lars, Vanderhaar, who you have doubted more than any cyclocross commentator in the world, be the savior who brings in a fourth member to that triumvirate. Yeah, no, he's not going to join them. No. So what will Lars will Lil Lars Vanderhaar pull Lars Vanderhaar at Hoogerheide in 2017, where he just comes out and wins a World Cup? I could see Lars winning a race and I could see it. He did this the next year because I remember this and this is a point I wanted to make is that how like popular and how much people love Lars Vanderhaar and it's been awesome. I wanted to make this in the last show at this point like to see just the love for Lars Vanderhaar coming out. Um, but I remember it was like one of my probably my most read race report of all time was Lars like beat Vanderpool that following year. I think it was the fall of 2017 at a random race. Like Vanderpool crashed. Lars won. Everyone's like, ah, someone other than Vanderpool won a race. And it was Lars. I would love to see it. I think that that would be huge for cyclocross for Lars to pull one off. I'll just say, I, I, I don't think that the, if the Wout, Vanderpool's, Pitcock come back, they're not, they won't be the only three to win races during that period. I think someone, and looking like Lars, will, will, will sneak through and get a win. All right. I want to know what everyone else thinks. Should we end it there? Let's end it there. All right. We'll see you next time. And hang in there, kid. Peter sucks.